Uh, never more. Never more. Right. I I I encountered uh my I think I I my my original encounter with Edgar Allan Poe in general was from The Simpsons from that Treehouse of Horror episode. You seen that? Uh no. You know you you haven't seen The Simpsons? But I can imagine isn't is it like Homer wearing like a smoking jacket and yeah, Homer is Homer is the narrator, and Bart is the Bart is the Raven, and he keeps you know pestering Homer. I didn't really watch a lot of Simpsons as a kid, but I did have wow. I did have Treehouse of Horror like compilation comic book things, like, and I I was very familiar with the Treehouse of Horror and with all the characters, but uh, the uh, the actual show wasn't something I watched that much as growing up. Wow, I would have pegged you as a Simpsons guy. I'm not really. I spent years just coming home from it. It ran on in syndication on Fox at like, I think in a back to back block of episodes from like four to five. And so before I would start on homework, I would just like pop myself in front of the fucking TV, mm. got a bag of Doritos, maybe some ice cream or something and just like watch The Simpsons every day generational uh difference between you and i maybe that's right that's that's a millennial that's a millennial experience you zoomers you know you were you were watching um wizard wizards of waverly place i was watching like really unfunny uh, sketches from monty python's flying circus like that's i was like watching dvds of that will sloan is uh, he, he he knows what i'm talking about he's he's like no of course he does similar like media diet as children i think <laughs> Do you have any uh, familiar? Well, I I brought up I brought the, up the Simpsons uh, element of things just to say you know that's kind of my that was my founding experience with the works of one Edgar Allan Poe. Do you have any Do you have any connection any history with uh, with the man and his writings? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think I was always interested in in him as a, someone who's supposedly a a spooky uh, and dr- dramatic character in in literature and public life and i i think actually i did do a book report on him some kind of a a little project and i decided to do one on on poe yeah so i read about how he married his uh cousin and how she died and how he was kind of a a layabout an alcoholic and uh an inspiration to podcasters everywhere <laughs> the stories also i i encountered in various forms in like comics and movies and uh other pseudo po media and that really is what this is this falls into that subgenre of like po po exploitation po a tree as uh they say right or as lou said you know in the title of the theatrical work from which the Raven, two thousand three, hails. Yes, uh, it, it was originally in two thousand that that pro- project came about, right? That's right. Yes, another uh, another uh, of his uh, uh, collaborations with Robert Wilson, following up, of course, on the famed uh, and much lauded Time Rocker uh, presented at BAM. Uh, this was Poe, a tree uh, that they collaborated on. And, uh, you know, Wilson, I think, gave Lou a little more free reign, from what I understand, in the collaboration here. Whereas, like, in Time Rocker, Wilson was the one who was authoring the dramatic narrative uh, of that play. And Lou just kind of came in for the songs. Here in Poetry, uh, Lou, I think, wielded a, a, um, 
a pen in both the music as well as the, you know, whatever the actual, like, stage elements of things um, were, uh, which included, you know, writing and rewriting and modifying and kind of weaving his own work into that of Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. Um, it's a true, like, melding, uh, intertwining. That's why I, I would call it poke exploitation, I guess. Uh, it, it's that it really doesn't take the material as gospel, but it really also clearly has an affection for it, which it's sort of like what a lot of Poe-based things are. Um, you know, the the Roger Corman movies, like The Mask of the Red Death and stuff, and, like, mm-hmm. and even before that, like in the 30s with The Black Cat, like there's all these sort of Poe-based things that kind of take it as more of like a general jumping off point um this actually seems to be more directly related to the stories in some cases like literally like really closely and then in some cases in some cases like totally not but um well, yeah i mean this is weirder uh you know there's no there's no way around that both the poetry you know uh, a stage uh, stage play um that it comes from as well as this record that it ended up uh, becoming uh, which was released in two separate editions in the same year the single disc version as well as the two disc nearly 40 track extended director's cut version whatever it's called the expanded edition yeah two hours five minutes sure is um it's weirder. I mean, the you know, the, using Poe as, uh, you know, a jumping off point uh, for, you know, a classical, initially, like, you know, classical, you know, uh, universal uh, spooky, scary movies, um, and later, you know, kind of uh, uh, Roger Corman kind of shit. Like, that makes sense, right? You just use whatever kind of pieces of this public domain material, really, you want to. Yes, that's part of it. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, and turn it into, you know, something that's either, you know, really fun and moody, maybe a little schlocky and fun and funny, maybe somewhere in between. Uh, but you know, you just make a movie out of it. You just use stories as a movie. That's easy. You know, wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. But this is like, you know, there was, there was a, there was a degree of, um, artistic, um, you know, it's an esoteric kind of uh, project. I think, you know, this was not Lou trying to just, (laughs) <laughs> make a record that was going to sell and be popular with the kiddos based on the material of Edgar Allan Poe. It's a very serious and deep engagement with Edgar Allan Poe's work. And it is presented in a, um, I don't, I, I don't really have a lot of reference points, you know, for this record. It's a phantasmagoria is what it is. It sure is. I mean, we, we spend a lot of time, uh, you know, just anyone does at this point, you know, saying, oh, this record reminds me of this. You know, this it sounds like this band or it, it uh, uh, seems to be inspired by this record that came out here or, you know, uh, there was a co-writing credit or whatever. And like this, I don't have many, you know, kind of antecedents uh, for for the Raven, to be honest. I don't know if you do. Whether, whether or not it works 100% of the time, whether or not it's your cup of tea, I think one thing you absolutely have to acknowledge, whether you like it or not, this is, this is him gesturing in uh, a new direction. Yeah, well, I, I think that when you mentioned the, that it's weirder, it actually does point to something that is more authentic about it, which is that it does have a focus on the actual esoteric poetry side of Edgar Allan Poe, more so than the side of him that is the kind of uh studio ready murder 
thriller concept uh of his stories where that's that's how most people think of him as you know the pit and the pendulum and the black cat the the story or or the cask of amontillado or whatever they're like these kind of cut and dry tense stories but i think maybe more time especially on the expanded edition is dedicated to the poetry of it and to the the aspects of his writing that are more mood based and more imagistic and are i think that that's really the success of what he does here is um he puts that in in a place of prominence 